Dark Days of Dorothy Gale contains content not suitable for children. Listener discretion is advised. Darker Days of Dorothy Gale Chapter 38 Vernon Howell Year 211 A.T.W. After the Wizard After the recent executions, Fear spread throughout the strangers following. The diehard believers were afraid, but remained just that, diehard believers, with no intention of ever leaving. Their leader was a vengeful leader. He was a spiteful leader, but he was a loving leader at the same time. It was okay if he occasionally got out of hand with his punishments, because that's how you form a functional society. That's how you train the dogs to listen, to obey. It's just that some dogs required a little extra training, that's all. For some dogs, however, there was no amount of training in the world that could help them survive. Some dogs would never be brought to heal. Vernon Howell was a man of faith. He was just a man of a different faith than that of the stranger. A man of his own faith. He was tall and thin. His brown hair was long and curly. And when he looked down at something, it fell over his eyes. He held himself up with confident posture. And when he spoke... Some swore they heard angels. When he first met the stranger, he did not see a man or prophet. He saw opportunity. Vernon once had a meager following himself. A paltry seventy-nine people, compared to the four hundred and growing that the stranger had accumulated presumably since the death of the wizard. While Vernon had lost his followers in what many would call a tragedy or gross misuse of power, though not his own, nearly twenty-four years earlier, he still longed to regain his spiritual leadership. Now that the wizard was dead, the door was open for a new leader, a new prophet. When the stranger showed up with his own large following, Vernon immediately began devising his plan to steal away as many followers as he could. He sat quietly, taking his place within the group, keeping his head down, biding his time. It's a rule of fear, said Vernon as he quietly spoke to a small group of people, gathered just outside the encampment, 
under the clear night sky. Unpredictable fear. Hatred. For those who question him. Hatred for those who do not believe his words wholeheartedly. What are we supposed to do? asked a young woman in the crowd. She was petite, with short black hair, and dressed in a nondescript robe. She wore these clothes to keep the eyes of the other men drawn away from her. The only attention she sought was that of Vernon. There was a low rumbling that rolled through his audience as they questioned their options. We leave, said Vernon. We leave this place and its fear-mongering, its hate-mongering leader. When? asked another voice from the crowd. Another petite young woman in the same conservative garb as the other. Tonight, said Vernon. Go back to your tents. Grab only the essentials, and I mean only the essentials. We will not be able to transport much. We will not have the privilege of the stranger's caravan. And if we try to make off with a cart, we will surely be caught. And that would be the end. As each of the thirty-four followers of Vernon Howell gathered their belongings, they were interrupted and dragged to the center of the encampment. The stranger stood next to the eternally burning flames of the usual bonfire. Each of the traitors were dropped at his feet and made to kneel before him. A crowd gathered around, as was the custom in a situation such as this. Many of the followers were eager to see what punishment awaited the heretics and defectors, many feeling unnerved and worried about their own fates. The stranger stood in silence as he looked down at the people in front of him, patiently waiting with a smile on his face. The smile grew even bigger as the crowd cheered the arrival of the lion, carrying the battered and bruised Vernon Howell in his large maw. The great beast set Vernon down between his followers and the stranger, before taking his place at the side of his leader. Vernon stumbled as he stood up slowly, his clothes ripped and shredded, blood running from several open wounds on various parts of his body. Thirty-four, said Vernon, short of breath as he looked behind him at his followers. He looked back at the stranger. Thirty-four willing to leave with me. Wanting to leave with me. Thirty-four. And more in the crowd, I'm sure of it. He turned and looked out over the crowd. He could see several in the front alone that he could tell wanted to leave. The stranger looked out over the silent crowd, silent himself. He too could see the same people as Vernon. You preach love, yelled Vernon. You preach peace. You preach forgiveness. <laughs> Yet you show none of that. You rule by fear 
and anger. You manipulate and control your followers through fear and anger. Vernon turned to face the crowd. This man is no savior. He is no prophet. He speaks to no higher power than his own. Because in his mind, there is no higher power than his own. He turned back to the stranger. You think these people respect you? They do not respect you. Fear and respect are not the same thing, and people do not respect what they fear. The stranger stepped forward, closing the already short distance between him and Vernon. He leaned in and looked Vernon in the eyes. They don't respect what they fear. They fear what they respect, and they fear the power of the God that speaks through me. They respect the rules he has set in place. Vernon bit his lip out of anger, before spitting a slimy concoction of blood and saliva in the stranger's face. The stranger stepped back and wiped his face with a pure white handkerchief that he pulled from his breast pocket. If you are true in your repentance, said the stranger as he looked beyond Vernon and to Vernon's followers, you will be forgiven. You may stay here. You will not be persecuted, and you can live in peace under my personal protection. Those of you still following in the footsteps of Vernon, however, may leave with him. Vernon smiled in victory, until he realized the victory was short-lived. You may all take the same journey to the other side. There is but one God that should be in your prayers, and it is not that of Vernon Howell. Vernon watched with tears in his eyes as the remaining twenty-five faithful followers of his were tortured and executed one by one. The stranger started with one of the young women. He stripped her of her robe for all the world to see. He looked at her leader, being forced to watch as one of the stranger's large henchmen held his head in place. You have brought this upon your followers said the stranger. You and you alone. He looked at the young woman. Any last words, my darling? The woman remained silent as she stared into the crowd. I have to admit, continued the stranger as he stood behind her, your faith is nothing short of admirable. It's just placed in the wrong man. The woman remained silent and unflinching, her eyes never leaving those of her leader. You and your shepherd, continued the stranger, 
as another large henchman handed him a rather nasty, long blade. Have sought to undermine my authority. He walked around her and placed the tip of the blade to the edge of her eye socket. She remained strong and unflinching. The stranger found this to be excruciatingly frustrating, but kept his composure. He slowly moved the blade to the bridge of her nose, keeping a constant, razor-thin distance between steel and flesh. Are you not willing to save her? asked the stranger, looking at Vernon, who was not fighting against the man holding him in place. He moved the blade to the young woman's forehead. Martyrs need no saving, replied Vernon, with humble certainty. Vernon's words drove pins and needles into the stranger's head, fueling a rage so blind and so hot that even the bonfire seemed like a block of ice. Without hesitation, he pressed the tip of the knife to the woman's forehead. He quickly slid the blade down, splitting her face in half. It was such a fine cut that not even his victim realized what was happening for three long seconds before the blood began to flow. Once the reality of the situation hit her, she cried out in pain. Once the cut began to sting, once the blood began to run down her throat and between her small breasts. The stranger allowed her to fall to the ground as Vernon continued to watch, still unflinching and stoic. The stranger, desperate for a reaction, walked around the woman, now in the fetal position and screaming. With a heavy and uncaring foot, he kicked her, rolling her onto her back. He plunged the knife that could nearly be called a sword into the base of her throat and ran it the length of her body, slitting her open from throat to groin, as though she were a warm stick of butter on a hot day. He then motioned for two large men to approach him. Pick her up, he said, exasperation filling his voice. Stand her up, for all to see, for Vernon Howell to see. As they stood her up, her guts and intestines spilled out with a heavy, wet, splattering sound. Even the stranger's most dedicated followers turned their eyes away at the sight and cringed at the sounds. Vernon Howell did not even try to move his head or look away. His heart remained at a steady pace. And while beads of sweat exploded from the stranger's face, Vernon remained cool and collected. The spectacle of violence continued for hours as the stranger made his way down Vernon's line of followers each one enduring torture worse than the last, as the stranger desperately tried but failed to get any kind of reaction from his spiritual adversary.
finally, with all the loyal followers of Vernon Howell dead. The stranger turned his attention to him. Any last words? Vernon watched as the stranger approached, blood not only dripping from his knife, but from his saturated clothing as well. He had only three final words. You are wrong. <laughs>